Hello, church, and welcome to the post-sermon wrap-up podcast. I am Pastor Kevin. And I am Pastor Scott. And we're here in Mark chapter 1 to talk about the gospel according to Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. Mm -hmm. Scott, you... uh, when did you decide that you were going to be preaching this message uh, this Sunday? Well, <laughs> to some degree, mentally, I prepared <laughs> earlier in the week. Uh, <laughs> I knew that that was uh, that was a very real risk with uh, your illness kind of going up and down. But uh, Saturday morning, waking up to the email was kind of the 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 final nail in the coffin that 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 I was going to be the case. So, um, which grateful to be able to do so hopefully you're feeling better today yeah, <laughs> i'm yeah. thankful for that my voice so. keeps getting stronger every day i'm thankful for that yeah. and mm-hmm. but uh you know i just want to take a minute to just uh celebrate with our podcast listeners that god has blessed newcastle with not just one pastor not mm-hmm. just one elder but uh to have other elders leading together who are able to preach and teach. Mm-hmm. And Scott, you know, we, we talked to you yesterday. You did a fantastic job. Obviously, this is something you could kind of dust off from what you'd done probably with the youth. Earlier, yeah, we've, right? uh, so, we've honestly, I, I, I checked actually the, uh, the time date on when I did this with the youth. And it was almost a year to the date. So okay. actually, it was last December. We were just getting into the Gospel of Mark. So uh, I think our students are probably about ready to get out of Mark. <laughs> we're actually on pace right now. I have it so that we're actually on pace <coughs> to end this Gospel uh, on Resurrection Sunday, which okay. will be perfect, right? So I'm yeah, going to try to keep it great. on that pace so that we can finish it uh, right with the Resurrection passage of Mark, which also is a very unique one because he ends it very abruptly. So yes, there's he a unique stylistic, uh, aspect to that. And as we saw on Sunday, Mark has a lot of unique stylistic things that he does differently than a lot of the other gospel. Yeah. Writers. So I just want to celebrate, first of all, that we have multiple elders that are teaching, preaching elders, but, but second mm-hmm. of all, I want to celebrate church. This is, uh, what we experience on Sunday is what our student ministry gets every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that that's a good thing for us to be aware of. Like, hey, our student ministry is getting exe- expository preaching, mm-hmm. you know, exegetical study from the Word of God mm-hmm. every single week. And um, I, I praise God. I yeah. praise God for that. I praise God for your ministry. So yeah. let's talk here a little bit. Most of this, uh, if you could break this section down into kind of, Four different sections. Mm-hmm. You have the the, the uh, part about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. You have Jesus's baptism. Mm-hmm. You have Jesus's temptation in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and you have kind of the the mission statement for mm-hmm. Jesus uh, at right. the very end. Yeah. So talk to us about John the Baptist. What? Yeah. What's your favorite thing about John the Baptist? Yeah, I mentioned on Sunday, John the Baptist is uh, probably outside of Jesus. He's probably one of my top three character studies in, in Scripture. Probably next to really, uh, probably next to Moses and Daniel. I would say. I like but, Moses. Too. Uh, but yeah, John the Baptist is just fascinating because he just he. He, he lives on mission. He know he knew from the very beginning what his purpose was. And so um, we drew out the application there at the end that really like our lives exist to make much of Christ, which is exactly what John the Baptist's ministry is, right? So uh, we are not John the Baptist, obviously, in his very unique role as the forerunner of Christ. And yet our life is to reflect the same mission that, that John did. Mm. Um, we talked about at, at the end a little bit. We alluded to John chapter 3. 
which is kind of uh, towards the end of John's ministry. So if you remember John uh, chapter 3, verses 22 to 30, um, Jesus and his disciples, they're like coming onto the scene at this point. Uh, Jesus is teaching. People are coming to him. People are being baptized. And uh, it's really interesting because uh, the disciples of John the Baptist are coming to John. And, you know, they, they say to him in verse 26, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, they're leaving us and they're going to him. Like, we got to do something. Yeah. And I love John's, John's answer is so great. His first response to him, verse 27, a person cannot receive one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Mm-hmm. First of all, this, this, is, this was not even my own, right? I'm a, I'm a steward of what God has given me, right, in this opportunity. And then verse 28, says, you yourselves bear witness with me that I said I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent before him, right? So my, this, this life is not about me, right? It's always been about a bigger purpose. And then he, he gives this illustration in verse 29 that we didn't talk about on Sunday, but I've always just, I've loved using this with, with students. I've used it several places I've gone before where he says, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine now is complete. And so John is comparing himself to the friend of the bridegroom. If we were to put this into our modern day language here, this is John saying, I'm the best man of the groom. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with being the best man, right? There's preparations that are involved. You are there to support and encourage and do other things. But when the wedding day comes and the bridegroom, the groom arrives, guess what? focus is not on you right people aren't looking at you in fact you know you think about this <laughs> There's whenever the best man yeah exactly <laughs> well and the, and the cool thing is when he takes when he says he he hears the groom's voice right the groom has arrived and the groom takes his position the the the, the purpose of the 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 best man at that point is he takes his position where behind mm-hmm. the groom and so when people are looking to see, oh, where's the best man? Well, they have to see first and foremost. They have to see the groom, mm-hmm. right? They they have to see him. And so John, and when he says in verse 30, he must increase, I must decrease. This is his way of saying, this is my time now to slide into the background, right? And so if people want to get a glimpse of me, all they're going to see is Christ. Yeah. And so... <clears throat> same is true for our lives as Christians, right? We, we exist in such a way that our lives are constantly fading more into the background so that if people do try to see us, all they see is Christ, right? It's always pointing to Christ. And so John, just is, this is one of those picturesque places mm-hmm. that uh, displays what the Christian life is really all about. And uh, I, I love it. That's one of the reasons I love John the Baptist is just because he, he gets that. Yeah. yeah. So... Man, there's so much we could talk about there, but um, practically, can you give some practical examples of how mm. how does a Christian live mm. in a way that says Jesus is increasing mm-hmm. and I am decreasing? Yeah, I you mean, know. so much of that, I think, is the posture of humility. You know, I look at what we uh, have been studying in Mark's gospel as well. Mark chapter 10 for uh, several weeks there, Jesus is kind of like defining what uh, true discipleship really looks like there. And it really culminates 
uh, towards the end of chapter chapter ten, where his disciples still are just not getting it right. They're mm. they're constantly like seeking the best spots in the kingdom, right? Wondering who's the who's the the greatest amongst all of them, yep. and then <clears throat> here you have Jesus uh, teaching them. Listen, like my way is hard. My way is going to involve suffering, and my way is about service. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about service, it's about sacrificial service. Mm-hmm. Um, he culminates there in chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be uh, to to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And yeah, so really what it looks like is the Christian life should be marked by humility. It should be marked by love. And when we say love, we're not just talking about mushy-gushy love. We're talking about sacrifice for the good of others you're constantly putting the needs of other people ahead of yourself and uh as you're listening to this you're like well what that looks like for you in your various settings whether it's your um somebody who's in the workforce whether you're somebody who has a family or maybe you're retired or you're living on your own right that's going to look different for you in different stages of life um but your life is constantly seeking the good of others mm-hmm. above yourself in such a way that you're trying to make it very clear i'm not trying to protect and build my own kingdom here right yeah, it's very countercultural you know yeah. I, I think one of the areas i'm practically thinking about right now just because of sunday's elective class um is is money yeah and just if you think about okay what does it mean for me to handle my money in a way so that as i Mm-hmm. As I go through life, yeah. I am decreasing and Jesus mm-hmm. is increasing yeah. in terms of my money mm-hmm. stewardship and how, what I, how I think about money and how yeah. I interact with money. It's going to mean that um, over time, I become more and more generous mm-hmm. and, 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 does, and yeah. I'm, I'm giving giving more and more mm-hmm. away over time mm-hmm. than I've ever given before. If mm-hmm. Jesus must increase yeah. and I must decrease. Yeah. And, in other words, that's so countercultural for mm-hmm. the, from the from the kind of the worldly mm-hmm. concept of accumulation. Like right. well, over time, you should just continue to get the nest egg, get the nest egg yeah. bigger, bigger, bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, or you could talk about legacy. So often, yeah. even as fathers, sometimes we talk yeah. about legacy. Leaving we got to leave a yeah. legacy. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe my legacy needs to be, I want people to remember Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't care about my name. You know? Right, exactly. It's what, what's, yeah, what, how does my life help others see Jesus better, yeah. not me? You know, we talked about this a lot. I, I probably, I mean, I might sound like a broken record to our students at times, but probably every few weeks, I, it, it's no surprise that the applicationist keeps coming back to and their, their, uh, daily life where it's like, man, you're, you're living in the midst of a culture right now that's trying to teach you, like, you know, get the best grades so you can get into the best college so that you can get into uh, the best career path so that you can yeah. advance up the corporate ladder you can get, make more money and you can provide more for your family so you can accumulate more for retirement so that, and you just have to ask yourself why for, for what what, yeah. what, are, what are we building here yeah we're building all these things are seeking to now good grades good school good job none of those things are wrong But if we're buying into the philosophy and the mindset that says this is the way things have to be because this is about securing your own life and your own kingdom, then we're living by a faulty standard. Good grades, good job, that's great. If if it means that you can provide for your family, but then also, as you just said here, live a very generous type of life. Use it in such a way that really you're you're doing it 
for the purpose of, man, how is this going to help me advance my gospel ministry? How is this uh, going to be done in such a way that actually I can make Jesus be put yes. on display more yes. and not my own life, right? Yes. And especially for students and uh, the academic and athletic field, that's constantly where yep. they're being told more of me, more right. of me, right? right. How yeah. can I uh, put more on my resume to look better, you know, for other people? How can I, you know, get more playing time or get more awards so that I look better for other people? Yeah, um, this is why I love cemeteries so much because <laughs> the, the reality of our death brings mm-hmm. such powerful perspective. You know, this morning, Scott, I was reading an email from the Voice of the Martyrs um, from Africa and just being reminded again of the hundreds and thousands of mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters in Africa who are being severely persecuted. Mm-hmm. Churches are being burned and, and, and people are being killed. Mm-hmm. And yet the church is thriving. Mm-hmm. The church is growing. The, mm-hmm. the Christians are not cowering, mm-hmm. but they're continuing to meet, but they're having mm-hmm. to meet different ways and different times. They can't pray quite as long as they want to, mm-hmm. believe it or not, because yeah. if they stay in one place too long, there's a bomb. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just processing that. And I was thinking, man, you know, some of the things that I get so worried about mm-hmm. and so consumed by mm-hmm. is so materialistic it's so short-sighted it's like i still remember a bible teacher from years ago saying you know we are living in a dot Mm -hmm. but that dot is connected to a line that Mm -hmm. has an arrow on the end that just keeps going 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 and this dot is our life Mm -hmm. and the line is eternity so live in the dot for Mm -hmm. the line you know and so be a john the baptist it's like okay well there's i don't know about camel hair and i don't know about uh, leather belts and all this honey mm-hmm. and locusts and I don't know yeah. you know there's some weird things that the world's going to say man you know if you if you if you get too radical yeah then then you're just kind of weird yeah john didn't really seem to care too much about yeah. death, that mm-hmm. did he yeah. his priority was in eternity mm-hmm. may god yeah. produce men and women like that here at Newcastle Bible Church. And remember, so much of the way he was living was just to really contrast the religious establishment of the day, right? This this humility, this uh, living in dependence upon God, right? Very different from the religious leaders, right? Like how you yeah. compare how he dressed with how they dress, right? And scriptures make it very clear. They loved for people to see how they were dressing. Their nice garments, their nice tassels. They were living things, for the right? dot. You they know, were living for the yeah, dot. They were. And so it's it's like <laughs> it's, in many ways, yeah, what he was doing was totally strange, but it was doing so to draw a point to like, this is different. This is yeah. different and it's a good difference. So <laughs> So uh, let's talk a little bit about the baptism of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus never sinned. Yep. John was having a baptism of repentance. Yeah. So why did Jesus need to be baptized? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned on Sunday, there's a lot of theological layers to that. I don't pretend to understand how they all fit cohesively, <laughs> right? Because all of them seem to... I'm to, waiting. I know, right? On. I know, right? People want, like, the golden answer. Well, this is why, right? And, I mean, there, you know, he... He gave the right answer. Yeah, he says, well, in other, uh, other gospel accounts, right? Like, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And you're like, okay, well, what in the world does that mean? And yeah. there's, a, there's, again, a lot of depth to that here. Mark's not concerned with that, right? So, mm-hmm. Mark is in the first opening verses here, right? He's pushing the fast forward button on us. Like he's trying to get to the good stuff in many ways. And it's not that he's saying this is unimportant, but, um, he's just, it's snapshots essentially is what he's doing here. Right. And so, um, it just says that he was baptized by John, uh, in the Jordan. Um, 
So there's not like a reasoning that's given for it here. But again, so much of what's happening here, and I think even what's happening in the, the temptation narrative is just, it's highlighting for us uh, Jesus and what his purpose is in coming, right? Which is that he is coming to uh, stand in the place of uh, where mankind has failed, right? So mm, we think about yeah. he's identifying himself yep. with the people that he has come to save, right? So as he himself is allowing himself to be immersed in this water where all these uh, sinners had just been washed and purified and cleansed of their, their sins. Yep. Again, not that the waters themselves are, are washing away themselves, but um, mm. it, it is symbolic of that, right? And so Jesus there stands and identifies himself with those very people. The very next passage, right? He, he goes into the wilderness where he's tempted 40 days and is with these wild animals and we drew yes. the connection of how this kind of points us and reminds us of Adam and Eve in the garden as they were with these wild animals and they both had this similar enemy right mm -hmm. the serpent the snake both are approached by him both are tempted in the exact same way what does he do he twists the word of God yeah. uh, to both of them but where Adam fails Jesus now succeeds stands, right yes. he stands yes. successful and it's these these few opening verses as quick as they are they're showing us oh there's something different about jesus jesus has come to identify himself with sinners he has come to stand in the place of those who have failed in the past adam uh the nation of israel right the the, the god identifies jesus here as his beloved son whereas israel you know was his beloved yeah, child in the Hosea, old testament yeah. right and yeah so jesus is now coming as the true and better adam the true and better israel the true and better child of god and here he is now too um to fill his, fulfill his mission. And so it's no surprise then that it ends with this, you know, baton pass from John to yes. Jesus saying, hey, the time is fulfilled. Now, now is time to repent and believe in the gospel. So let's close with that. What If somebody's listening and they just really, you know, maybe they've been to church uh, quite a bit mm -hmm. and they've heard repent and mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. But... There's kind of a nagging mm -hmm. doubt that they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. that maybe they don't know if they've ever truly done that. Yeah. What? Just maybe speak to the mm -hmm. person who says, "What does it mean?" Mm -hmm. Like, make it as simple as possible, Scott. What? What does it mean to repent yeah. and believe in the gospel for mm -hmm. salvation? Yeah. I mean, as simply as as I can put it here, you know, to repent is to uh, to turn away from your way of doing things, right? So, uh, for so many people, their their idea of what it means to 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 be right with God is to just try harder, do better, um, or they've they've done those you know things and they've realized they just keep falling short, right? Yeah. They just keep messing up. Yeah. And so, really, the the word repent in the Bible is just really turn turn away from those things and turn towards something else right mm. and so that's where that believe aspect comes in here is that you are now casting your trusting your hope not on yourself mm -hmm. but on christ right you are essentially believing yes jesus has come to take my place jesus has come to be my true righteousness in my place where i cannot uh, on my own and so you're saying i'm putting all my confidence all my hope in that rather than my own self and my own salvation so yeah that's really good so let's just see if we can make it extra clear mm -hmm. what's the opposite of repentance opposite of repentance uh self-reliance okay yeah i think you're right mm -hmm. 
So self-reliance. So mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm saying I'm trusting in myself, I'm relying in myself, mm -hmm. maybe even religiously, mm -hmm. that's that's going to end mm -hmm. with judgment, mm -hmm. condemnation, separation from God, and eternity apart from Him. Mm -hmm. Now it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's it scary mm -hmm. to let go of self-reliance. Mm -hmm. So. If somebody says, well, I, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm too scared. Mm -hmm. I've been hurt so many times. Mm -hmm. The only person I can really trust is myself. Mm -hmm. How would you respond to them? Yeah. I think so often uh, the scary part of this is we are letting go of our own authority, mm -hmm. right? Um, in fact, one of the big themes in Mark's gospel is the authority of Jesus, right? Very mm -hmm. early on, actually just a few verses from now, you know, people are going to be amazed at Jesus speaking with authority, demonstrating his authority and authority is a scary thing. And we live in a culture where authority is, uh, we're meant to view with skepticism. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to remind ourselves that with Jesus, his authority is a good authority. Mm -hmm. It is a gentle authority, right? So where, um, we are bent towards pride he calls us to humility, where we are bent towards uh, laying on heavy expectations and burdens upon ourselves. Jesus says, take me upon yourself. I am gentle and lowly of heart. My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, and so we have to stop viewing it as a threat, hmm. but actually as a freedom. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing. Um, our God is so full of grace mm -hmm. and mercy mm -hmm. that he welcomes sinners mm -hmm. and completely forgives us, not because we've done anything to mm -hmm. deserve it, all as a gift of grace, because of his manifold wisdom in mm -hmm. the heavens, whereby he can show his redeemed as being the, 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 uh, the product or the result of his wisdom, mm -hmm. of his love, of his grace exactly. for all of eternity. It's all for his glory. So church, we pray that uh, you are blessed by Sunday just as I was listening from home. And, and we just thank you, Scott, for your mm -hmm. faithful, faithful ministry. And we're so thankful for Jesus. Yeah. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. May we repent and believe in this good news together. Church, we love you. Amen. God bless. Amen.